0: Hey, everyone. What's up? It's your girl, Nakia, and welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast. Hey, everyone. What's up? It's your girl, Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So, I am currently suffering from, I guess, allergy season. I don't know what the hell happened. It's like 91 degrees broke out in New York, and my allergies just started to act up. So that is what you're hearing right now Um, in my voice. However, I'm not like... You know, under the weather, weather, or anything like that. I just think my, my allergy is acting up. Um, as far as a life update for me, I'm just happy to, um, have some warm weather, uh, be surrounded with good people, get energy, good vibes. The sun is out. How, who knows how long this is going to last? Because, you know, New York is a, is going through menopause right now. So one week is like 90, the next week is like 60, but you know, I'll take what we can get for right now, but. I hope that uh, I will be able to provide some more like more in-depth life updates as I close out the season, which, yes, this is my last episode for season two. Doesn't mean that we won't have future episodes coming for the Fearless Kia podcast. It just means that season two will commence today and i will come back with fearless chats which are more solo episodes that i do on a week to week basis i'll let you guys know when that starts to ramp back up but in the meantime as i ramp up for season three as well as fearless chats i am closing out this season with somebody very very special before i get into her (laughs) her introduction i just want to say first of all i've been kicking myself because she should have been on season one because she's the one who basically has helped me just like come out of my shell and just like become more confident and just like do this as far as like this should be your you know the name of your show it just should be fearless kid like why is it not that and i was just like oh yeah like okay yeah so and even just like starting photo shoots like starting to shoot and just like do photos and just kind of like rebuild my confidence post, like, some unhealthy and toxic, like, male relationships that I've had in my past. So, like, I've been kicking myself, so it's only right that I close out season two with this special guest. And so we will get right into it. Amanda Moore Karem, a.k.a. Lexi, is an independent wardrobe stylist and self-taught art director specializing in magazine design and fashion photography. Her work possesses an emphasis on color blocking, monochromes and excessive layering. She graduated from Howard University, HU in accounting and London College of fashion and fashion buying. She's been working independently on editorial projects for the past two and a half years and has been freelancing as an editorial stylist um, style assistant for the past three years. Her work has been featured on Blavity, Essence.com Panasonic Australia and Afropuck. She has also had a couple of editorial stories published published in independent fashion publications. She's been hired as a creative director for personal branding. She's for Bianca Jonti, Ali, uh, Oliver, I hope I didn't... Olivia. Olivier. Olivier. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if I butchered your last name. And <laughs> yours truly... Fearless kid, as well as style, the founder of Black owned Market, who we had on the show, Michelle Delzon, for her pop-up event in August 2017. Um, Luxie current currently runs her own fashion publication, Luxie House, which focuses on cultural influence and socio-political issues within the fashion industry while simultaneously promoting diversity and model c- casting and color integration and beauty product development. Her inaugural issue was released in december 2017 and her second issue was released last month yay two issues already in thank you, thank you, thank you. topics she has tackled included the black woman being the intersection of culture influence mm-hmm. cult- colorism issues among fair skin and dark skinned women and black tokenism in the work environment everybody welcome to the fearless Kia podcast luxie or as better known as amanda <laughs> Moore Karim.
1: What's up, y'all? What's Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I usually like to start out with and um, asking my guests, "What is your deepest fear?"
1: Ooh, you know, it's funny. Besides public speaking, the first thing that came to mind when you asked me this question mm-hmm. was um, like failing to execute. So, I'm big on sticking to my word and say that I'm going to do something and actually get it done. So, my deepest fear is not being able to stick to that word and mm. actually finish what I started. Mm. so um that's like from anything between like me deciding I want to do like an editorial story to submit or me coming up with the idea of like revamping Amanda Lux because like Amanda Lux in the beginning was like a fashion blog but Mm -hmm. I wasn't like the typical fashion blog where it was just like this is the outfit of the day or me talking about like the right. duster coat is in season and like me styling all the different ways on how to do it. Just, I just didn't think that was like my, my niche or my vibe. So right. most of the things that I talked about on a looks initially, it was a looks that blog spot was like my, like there were a lot of opinion pieces on like the exploitation of like young models in like American apparel, mm-hmm. like campaigns or like me just talking about like, just certain fashion businesses like Net-a-Porte or ASOS. And so like a lot of the things that I talked about on my blog is actually what I ended up talking about in the magazine today. But I actually revamped Amanda Lux into just solely just a portfolio where I can still um, express myself, but in a visual way. And I was like inspired to do that when I went to an interview in Faux Locks, even though like my hair was still like tamed and it was still in a bun mm-hmm. tucked back at the um, nape of my neck. And I just remember like, the person who actually referred me, so I took Kareem off of, like, the end of my name. Okay. And um, so my name on paper was Amanda Moore, so it was, like, racially ambiguous. No one had any idea what I looked like. So um this guy that I was dating at the time, he was white, and one of his fraternity brothers worked at the company that I was trying to, like, interview for. So he sent my resume, passed my resume on to, like, the merchandising team there, and they actually reached out to me to do a phone interview. They really liked me, like, wanted me to come in the next two days because they wanted to meet my potential manager Mm. before she went on vacation. And I just remember going in there, and then they're, like, looking for the Amanda that they thought they were going to see, and then they saw me instead. So, Mm. like, immediately the... The energy that I um, got from the interview on the phone was completely different than when they met me in person. Like I was supposed to have 30 minutes with the recruiter and she only gave me like five minutes time. So like we talked for a little bit and then it was like an awkward silence. And then she's like, OK, well, I feel like we talked about most of everything that we need to talk about on the phone. So is there any questions that you need that you have for me? So I was taken aback already. So the first thing, of course, I always ask in every interview is just like, um, is there anything on your resume that concerns you in terms of my candidacy or do you feel, how do you feel that I would fit in into the role that mm-hmm. is currently open? And one of the things that she said to me that like stuck with me was, um, you know, it's a very small team that you're interviewing for. So the people on the team are probably going to look for like someone that already fits into their culture. Mm. And I had absolutely no idea what that meant because in my head, I'm like, you don't even know me. Like we have had a conversation on the phone I was the right fit and all of a sudden I'm not the right fit and I just remember when I didn't get the role and and of course I always ask like why didn't I get this role right no one could tell me, and so I remember talking to a really good friend of mine, um, the person who was my styles when I was just doing creative direction, um, Candice Rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did jumping colors with you, she, um, I remember I was on the phone with her, and like she was just like kept asking me questions, like what, what did they give you? What answer was the reason as to why like you didn't get it? And I was just like they didn't, they didn't say anything. Like I asked, and they didn't get back to me. Mm-hmm. And then one of the the next question that she asked me was, well, Amanda, how were you wearing your hair? And then I was just like, I didn't think that was an issue just because like, mm. if my experiences and my educational background, like already dictates that I am qualified for the role, why would it, why should it matter how I wear my hair? And then I told her how I was wearing it and then she told me and she's like, honestly amanda like i wish you would have came to me about this and saying like had she have not worn the way she was wearing her hair like a straight wig she probably wouldn't have gotten the job that she currently had and you know that like struck a nerve to me because i just feel like there's so many times where like non-women of color can like come to work with their hair damp and like a sloppy bun and still be respected as a professional Mm -hmm. but if i decide to wear like faux locks to the office or i decide to wear like a like a two strand twist out, like it's like too intimidating or because you don't understand my curl pattern and because it makes you uncomfortable, all of a sudden I'm deemed unprofessional or like not fitting it into for the, the culture. Mm-hmm. So that experience is what actually inspired me to go into business acumen the whole idea behind business acumen was four different women with different hair textures one had locks one had like a really great fro her name was Aubrielle. and then i had T on the show she had like a blonde fade and then i had another girl that i actually worked with who had a press out and all Mm -hmm. of them were still dressed in like smart casual wear and my whole idea behind that is to like basically highlight the black woman in a professional setting said her hair doesn't deem her professionalism. Right. So that was that first project and I just kept going with it and I just kept finding different things. And I was tackling like, despite like you being fair skinned, me being brown skinned, someone else, Bianca being dark Mm skinned, like we're all still black women. So that's when I just, and I just kept rolling with it and I kept rolling with it. And then, um, I was started getting into, I started getting into the more like editorial side where, um, that's when my eyes started to open in terms of the industry. Mm. And that's, In terms of, like, the lack of, like, racial inclusion in campaigns and model castings, it starts with the agencies. Because me personally, if I'm reaching out to someone to, like, test shoot for a shoot and they don't have enough African-American models in their book, it's just like, well, this is why black women aren't able to be in campaigns for, like, Dior or campaigns for, like, Gucci because you guys don't have them in the book. And most times it's because... When black women go into, like, agencies to, like, you know, be booked or signed, they always say things like, oh, we have enough, like, black girls in our book, as if we, like, all look the same. Right. So, um...
0: Do you feel that, like, your fear of not executing developed from being in these, you know kind of career interviews or professional spaces where you're trying to get these opportunities and then you get to the front door, you get into the room, and then because of all these other elements that these kind of, um, this kind of fear of, like, or maybe it's not even a fear, like, fear of not being able to seal the deal because of, what you look like or what your hair is looking like or what you're wearing at that time. Do you feel that there was societal kind of pressures that kind of developed that fear of execution or was it more so um, just personal, a, a personal trauma or something else that kind of developed that fear of feeling like I'm, you know, I'm not going to deliver on the word in which I say
1: I'm going to do. Mm, that's a good question actually Um, without like steering like too left field. But, I do feel like as not only like a black artist, but as a black woman Mm -hmm. who decided to go into like art direction and like creative direction in terms of like fashion photography, that it is my duty to tell our story. Right. So anytime I'm saying like, I want to do this, like because I'm like driven by what I believe in, I want to make sure that I execute it. And I want to make sure that I execute in the most eloquent way that I can. Right. So, um, because I mean, there's so many... There's um, so many disappointments that we come through, like, in a daily basis. There's been... I I can't even count the number of times that I was just told no after going through, like, a long interview process Mm -hmm. with, like, companies, whether it be for a fashion assistant or a buying assistant or an assistant merchandiser or a freelance stylist. Like, there's just been so many times that, like, I was given that no. I don't think it has anything to do with that just because, like, I know... I said that I'm going on this interview and I'm, I get very, um, excited about like things and I tell everyone uh, anytime I'm excited about something and I believe in that whole energy, like certain people are going to wish you well and some people like are not in your corner. Mm-hmm. And anytime that something doesn't come through, of course I'm devastated because I'm just like, I literally just told people how I've been going through this six week interview process for this role and I didn't end up getting it. And it's all because. They were so overwhelmed with candidates that they just like, mm. and they couldn't give me a so- like a solid answer as to why they didn't pick me. So, does that
0: break your spirit a bit when you go through these, you know, interviews? And there's always these nodes with no real valid response. You know, like there's not that there's ever going to be you know, right valid response, but where there's <laughs> no like s- give, give me a give me a solid you know answer that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Not the fluff that they you know, they try to tell you, but like, a solid answer. does that break your spirit a bit? And how do you overcome, like, how do you continue to move forward, right? When you go through these kind of, it seems like a lot of slam doors or slaps in the faces because it's like someone basically saying, no, you can't have this but You don't need to know why you can't have it. You just right. can't have it.
1: You know? Well, I will say this, that... um I have a very personal relationship with Christ. So mm-hmm. every time I do come through this, like, I'm human. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to cry, and I'm going to feel defeated. And I feel like any person who is, like, very in tune with their emotions, they're definitely going to feel some sort of, like, defeat in something as big as, like, I've gotten this far in the interview, and I didn't get it. And I, like, I have, like, this conversation with God. I'm like, I... I I went through all this. I thought this was it. This isn't it. So I'm just going to try to remain serene. And I know Mm. whatever else, whatever other opportunity you have for me is going to be so much better. And I don't see that right now. And I still get emotional about it because even when I, even when I'm praying, I still get emotional because I'm like, I'm trying to maintain my faith and that I know that he's moving while I'm like crying and like Mm -hmm. going through these motions because like I've been a freelancer since I've lived here. I've been here for three years and there is nothing fun about like being a freelancer. Like it's like the, f- it's the fluctuation of job security, wondering if I'm going to be able to like eat tomorrow or wondering if I'm going to be able to pay like my like rent at the beginning of the month or by the grace period. So it's just like, it's a lot of things that I have to like literally continuously talk to God about and just understand that he's got me yeah. like, no matter what. Um It's funny because Recently, I was, um, and I actually announced this to MemConnect about how I actually left the situation to start like my freelance role mm-hmm. with that Com- I don't want to say their name, but I really do, but I won't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, um, I was like, a uh, freelancing with them, and then like, uh, it was- It was great for the time being. All the girls, you know, they acted like they liked me. And, like, you know, they praised me and, like, how they were so happy that I was there. And then a lot of times they used to, like, talk about... They used to, like, talk really negative on, like, the temporary, like... Or the freelancer, like, the temporary employee or the freelancer right before me. And I took note of that because I'm just like, if you guys are talking about this girl candidly in front of my face, I know you're talking about me. So the motions go and abruptly i just hear that my contracts ending at the end of the month and mm. i already had other things that was that were going on in my life i'm like i didn't need to deal with this and then i think there got it got to a point where i was just like you know what like i'm accepting it for what it is i know god's has something planned for me so right I'm going to go into the next motion in terms of like what to do next. So I was like doing like doing the bare minimum to make sure that they were happy. But because they saw that I wasn't like, I guess, like I wasn't like fretting, fretting on like the whole idea of like my contract ending that also didn't sit with them the right way. So then probably they just ended my contract early, like two and a half weeks Mm-hmm. early and i get paid weekly as a freelancer so i'm just like oh great how am i gonna pay rents great mm-hmm. and um it was that same th- it was that uh same thing again i'm just like oh my god god okay i thought this was it this isn't it okay something else is going to come along and now i'm like working as a freelance style assistant for amazon and that's been holding me down while i'm able to like wow. actually, yeah so while i'm able to like actually focus on like selling my magazine like um Everything is very – I'm independent with them, so, like, they'll reach out. The producer will reach out to me, ask me my availability, and then, like, certain times she can confirm the whole week. Sometimes she can just confirm, like, two days and hold the rest of the weeks. But in the event that, like, those holds are released, I'll plan in my mind, like, all right, I need to sell this amount of magazines in order to still, like, break – or reach my goal for if I were to work two days with Amazon, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, understanding that the freelance life here is stressful, and I think we talked about this last week on the podcast, how do you r- remain true to yourself, but also remain good to yourself, knowing that you know there are times where you're hitting a couple of pitfalls where you're like, shit, <laughs> this invoice ain't clear yet. This invoice ain't clear yet, and I need to make sure that food is on the table and bills are being paid. How do you remain true, but also still good to yourself? Because I think there are times that in, in those in those tough times, we kind of we treat our we, we treat ourselves the worst. You know what I'm saying? Because right. we feel like what you know what I'm saying. What is it that I'm not doing? So how do you you know st- start to? How do you remain true to yourself? How do you start to pay attention more closely to yourself when you see this is happening? How do you kind of switch gears to stay in a very
1: forward-thinking, positive space? It's... um. It's very, this is a very random analogy. It's very similar to like quitting smoking. Like the minute that you feel like the urge to smoke, it's just like you distract yourself with something that's going to actually be impactful to your life. Mm. So in the event where I'm just like, I feel like I'm about to like go into this pitfall immediately, I'm productive. I'm like, okay, what can I do to ensure that everything's going to still fall into place in the in the way that I want to. So then I start planning, I start, like, pitching, like, articles that I write to, like, different, like, freelance writers, and then I start, like, collaborating with, like, different photographers and, like, different, like, makeup artists to, like, try to get, like, get our work so we can, like, work together. Mm-hmm. I barter a lot. Because, like, I'm a freelancer, and I'm broke, and so I'm like, I know I don't have, like, money for, like, $2,000 for a space, like, a space that I'm doing this weekend, like, I bartered with them on ad space just so I can, like, shoot there for free, like, it's just, like, you just have to do what you have to do, I'm like, oh, wow, I need all, I actually need this money to pay rent, I actually don't have this money to pay for a space, what can I do, so... Um, something that my mother has always told me, she, um, deems me as someone, like, who's extremely resourceful, so, and I praise my mother for saying that, because sometimes I'm still human, so I get anxious, I'm just like, oh my god, everything's terrible, everything's right. like, everything's falling out of place, but I'm like, I have to, like, you know, keep a poker face on and just, like, do what I have to do, and that's, like, that whole, it, like, comes back to that whole idea of, like, finish what you started, you Right. Know? Because, like, one of the, um, turning points for me, actually, this year was, um, um, <clears throat> So, as you know, my inaugural issue came out in December, and then, um, I only have literally like two months to plan for the next one. Right. So, quarterly, like, and I'm, I'm an executor, so I'm all about, I gotta finish what I started. I, I will feel defeated if I don't make it to the next issue. My mm. goal is to make it to the fifth issue, which will be my anniversary issue, because I read this whole, like, I read this article, it was just like, a... Magazine will survive if they make it to five issues. So mm. the fifth issue is my anniversary issue. So my goal is to at least make it to December 2018. So March March um, 2018 was my second one. And I was just like, I was planning for it. I was like, you know, pitching to like different like um pr agencies for like fashion week and like trying to like find people to like shoot like street style for me and then like february i got a call from my family that like my grandmother caught pneumonia and that she was dying mm. and immediately i was just like i am not going to I'm um, there's no way there's there was just like no way i was going to be able to do this magazine right and um my grandmother was very close to me. She was a fellow Gemini, and one of the things that um, she said to me when I was fifteen years old was that um, I care too much about what other people think about me. And I need to care about m- more so what I think about myself. Mm. And one of the things that I think about myself is I always finish what I start. And even though, like, uh, even though, like, I just wanted, uh, I just wanted to give up everything mm-hmm. after, like, my grandma died um i knew that she would i would let her down so um i was still able to like reach out to friends like hey i got invited to like um interview this south african designer for new york fashion week i have to go home for a funeral can you do it for me and then i asked mark to do bts for me and Mm. the fact that like everything still came together it just it meant so much and um And I did all of it for her. And because I, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I was just like, I don't, I don't care about a magazine. I don't care about New York. I was ready to go back home with my family. And I just remember, um, going to, um, I remember going to the funeral and, Being the only person in my family that spoke, and I just remember saying that the reason why this entire church is packed is because my grandmother exuded the epitome of what love was, and Mm. she only stayed alive for so long because she cared about us, so the only thing that I can do in her honor was to finish this magazine, and even with everything, like, me not being able to, like, go to, like, me being able to, not, I didn't go to anything during Fashion Week. I was still able to, like, you know, pitch to, like, photographers, like, hey, I'm doing this magazine, like, blah, 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 barting with them, like, if you do this, I'll give you this for it, and people submitted to me, and then, like, I was still able to knock out, like, two shoots within, like, two weeks time. I have no idea how I did that. I was stressed out, but I was still able to, like, do it, and um, I'm saying that, I got so sidetracked. But I'm saying that all to say that uh, when it comes to, I guess, like, combating my my fears and, like, overcoming, like, this obstacle or, like, overcoming pitfalls, Mm -hmm. like, my grandmother was, like, the genuine... Like, example of like me ready to give up everything. Like, I was just like, fuck this magazine. Right. <laughs> like, like, can I curse? Yeah. But, uh, but I was just like, I was just like, I don't, I don't care about anything. And then like, I was going through this fluctuation with like my like gigs, my freelance gigs. So I was just like ready to give it up. So when I was able to actually get to it, and I actually extended a week time. My goal was originally the 23rd. And then I was just like, after my grandmother died and me not being able to focus, I was like, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen, but I still want it to happen. So then me actually like giving myself an a new realistic goal I wanted to get it out before Easter which was April 1st right so I was just like the minute I gave myself that extra week and a half it alleviated so much stress and like so much like anxiety that I was able to get it done like four days before Easter right so that's another thing it's just like when you go through pitfalls and you have deadlines so many people are so focusing on like reaching this deadline you know like I have to get it out by this time and if like every so many external factors happen all the time like you want to shoot outside and it ends up raining that day you know what I'm saying there's right. there's always a plan B and I just feel like as like you know millennials and us like being like young driven like entrepreneurs like we always like stress ourselves out in terms of like meeting a deadline as opposed to focusing on like our self care first and self mm-hmm. care for me was just like I want to get this done for my grandmother so let me extend it so
0: and make sure that you're in the right headspace because yeah. I mean it's nothing wrong with making sure that you take the time to spend the time with your loved ones grieve you know as much time as you need to grieve but also understand that the quality of your product is still going to come out mm-hmm. the product is still going to come out the people who are loyalists to yes. your brand and to what you do are still going to support you you know regardless of what day if the date pushed back a week two mm-hmm. weeks three weeks because at the end of the day we're human to your point that right. you brought up earlier and I think that you know you had to take that time to be with your grandmother so that you can get the strength that she's instilled in you to come back you know more whole more committed and dedicated to mm-hmm. executing your project on behalf of her um and i'm so happy that you know you were able to reach your second issue going on your Girl. third issue now because you know a dedicated the biggest her. the biggest thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. the biggest thing it. is um consistency right i think a, a goes back to even tying back into your fear, right? About executing it's kind of like, I want to be consistent. I want to reach this fifth, you know, issue and continue on. A lot of us have all of these great ideas and we start and then it's like, oh, this takes some more work than I thought it was going to. And so it falls right. off. But to be consistent in our day and age is a huge accomplishment. So kudos to you for being consistent in, Thanks,
1: girl, because.
0: We, in your <laughs> issue. Not even just in your issue, but also in, you know, in your craft. Well, just to transition a little bit, um, in regards to love. I know you mentioned that earlier mm-hmm. that your grandmother has it had a huge impact on the people in the room and and that's because she exuded what love is. I want to talk to you about love and more so about kind of like your journey with love. Like um I know that you have a partner, which is Prelo. Yeah. Uh hey, Prelo. <laughs> and so oh, how have you um uh, navigating that relationship and being in love? Um and just identifying what love means to you?
1: If I can be candid here, um I was with somebody when I was in uh college and then like we were together for like a year and a half, and literally after that, like I was like on some very like nice for what like <laughs> Like mentality, it's just like, I didn't take anyone seriously because in my mind, they didn't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. So like, from like me, like leaving him up until like right before I met Prila, I was just like, eat, like on a very like promiscuous, like, like motion. I just didn't give, I didn't care about like how they felt about the situation because I just feel like no one was ever like, I guess, like, um, mature enough to actually, like, admit their feelings. People, like, try to be, like, too, like, you know, macho all the time. And um, and then when they do catch feelings, they, like, make it seem like it's your fault and they become manipulative. And I'm just, I don't have time for that. It's just, it was stressful. And then when I got here, it was even more stressful. I was just like, oh, everyone's just in their feelings. Because me, personally, I'm a communicator. I need to know what we're doing so that when I know that what we're doing, I will be able to move accordingly. Okay. <laughs> and, and no one could ever tell me what we were doing. I would, like, just ask a question, but I just want to know, like, what's going on? You know, we've been, like, s- we've been sleeping together for about a good, like, four months, like... I just want to know, like, where we're at because, like, you're, like, kind of over here all the time and, like, you know, we, like, hang out a lot and, like, immediately, abruptly, it's just like, oh, well, I'm not looking for a relationship right now and in my head, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even ask you that shit but good to know. <laughs> right. So, um, I actually turned 25 and when I turned 25, I actually said to myself, like, you know what, this is, I don't, I don't know, 25 was, like, a turning point for me because that was, like, for the first time, like, I was like, okay. Let me, like, stop trying to be, like, you know, like, ethnic is getting money like let me like really be honest with myself like as like as a woman and I got to a point where I was just like you know I'm I don't apologize for catching feelings or I don't apologize for being vulnerable because I'm a human being and human human beings are supposed to feel so um literally I said to that guy that I was dating at the time that we were going it was just like too much and then like I just remember um in that moment, I was just like, "It's up to me now to decide whether or not I want to do this." Yeah. And literally, I was like on the train ride, like back, back to Brooklyn. And I remember saying to myself, "I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm over it." Like, I mean, I was just like, "I'm, I'm over this." And then, like within that same time frame, is like, I like went to the bar and sat down, and like Prela was already sitting there. And um, it was it was an interesting um, journey um, for me because it was the first time I dated someone that not only was the same gender as me, but also someone who was completely different than me. I was extroverted. I was social. I was lively. I like, and I love like talking about like, you know, my like business with other people. And like, we kind of like share our experiences in terms of sex and love But she's a very like introverted private mm-hmm. person. She goes to the bar, has two drinks, draws and go goes home completely opposite. And I feel like, um, She was the first person that I've ever dated who asked me for the first time, what are we doing? Mm. And in that moment, I was, I remember being in that seat. And the first thing that I thought was, I don't want to lose this person. Mm -hmm. Like, I like didn't want to give her like an answer. I didn't want to give her like an ambiguous answer so that she could be like, all right, I'm out. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't. I knew at the time, I'm just like, I'm still trying to learn you because we've only been dating for two months. But at the same time, I'm just like, wow, I actually don't want to lose her. So mm. I just told her, I was just like, well, I only want you. So I guess that's what we're doing. And then like with it, like, I guess, like, I, I want to say like a few weeks later, we ended up being in a relationship. We've been in a relationship for almost two years now. Mm. And, um, I think a lot of people like uh just like have this like assumption that like. When you find love, it's just, like, all, like, you know, like, puppies and, like, roses and shit like that. But, like, I mean, it's, like, it's been it's been a challenging relationship just because we both want it so bad. And we both are total opposites of each other. So we've been, like, trying to, like, figure out a way for us to still be able to, like, mesh without, like, right. us crashing and burning. And I feel like... I couldn't ha- honestly ask for, like, a better person to be with, especially as a creative, because she's an artist, too. And I just mm. feel like I've been able to, like, go into my art, my artistry more. I've been able to develop who I am as a creator. And then, like, she's just, she's been supportive of me, like, every step of the way and mm. vice versa. Like, no matter if she, like, wants to do, like, a streetwear brand or she wants to, like, go into, like, image consulting again for, like, creative startups. Like, we, b- I feel like we're a great team, And I feel like that's why we've been able to, like, I guess, like, go on this, like, whole, like, Love Jones, like, (laughs) ride for so long. So, yeah. She's, like, not only, like, my lover, but she's, like, my best friend. So, like, I wake up in the morning and the only person that I want to hang out with for that day is her.
0: Right. And that's because you guys put in the work to have that relationship. Right. So, do you feel like she redefined or you, did you feel like you both redefined what love is for one another through, y'all encounter versus prior to meeting her you, did you have a different definition of love
1: I um, I have a tendency I feel like that we all do I have a tendency to fall in love with the idea of a person mm. and then um, getting let down and then having to be honest with myself later and be like well you already knew that person wasn't like that Right. So, um, was the first person to be like, wow, you're completely opposite. (laughs) Completely opposite of like what I was expecting. But because of how much like I love this girl, I was just like, we're going to make this work. I think, I I think this is going to be cool. So I just, um, I feel like, When it came to love, like I feel like so many people go into like situations on like a self in selfish terms. Like they're like, this is what I want out of a person. This is what I need from somebody. I want them to be like just like this off of my checklist. But I just feel like when it comes to love, like you're like willing to like sacrifice something that you really want, right? And like despite like how like different we are in some ways and how alike we are in some ways, like there are like there are times that like we can like agree on like the whole situation with Kanye and then there's other times that like me and her don't really vibe off of a song the weekend so it's just like we have like really and it's just like there's it's very like if we're on the same wavelength it's on the same wavelength but if we're like conflicting we are conflicting so it's right. like very black and white there is like no gray yeah. so um
0: but you never feared that you know do you never fear that, that that you guys would to make, make it through? You know, even just in meeting each other because this is something different than what you were used to.
1: Well, um, ironically- Did you ever
0: have a fear? I guess is what I, I guess the question because I think that it's scary to meet someone that is so open and vulnerable and like expose it. You know, like they kind of expose a part of you that you're like, oh shit, I wasn't ready for that because I just told myself- Bitch, I was done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was course. done. And the reason why I said it is like I've been in an experience like similar to yours right. uh with um a guy and I'm just like oof, ooh, there's just a lot. I'm gonna kinda like kind of like scared a little bit because it's it's going, it's so real, you know. Not that it's not real, but it's so real and it's so like what I want. But it's like this is what you wanted. Are you ready for what you just said that this is what you wanted? Although I just said I was done with. All of this shit in general, you know, it's like one of those like,
1: man, um, it get. I guess it goes back into that whole idea of like finishing what I started. Mm-hmm. It's like no many how, no matter like how many times, like you know, like if like me and her would have like a difference, or so many times I'm just like. Right. so over this i'm just like i can't give up on this relationship because it's like it means too much to me mm. so i feel like she feels the exact same way about the relationship which is why we've been together as long as we have i mean right. i don't know about anybody else but i'm not a relationship person so two years for me like i'm like celebrating like doing cartwheels and Child, shit. so, I <laughs> so I i'm like i'm like excited and like for those who know like like lesbian years is like dog years. Like I, even though we've only been together for two years, I feel like it's been like seven. <laughs> so, guys, <so> like, <laughs> I,
0: like I understand. I've known I her forever. You.
1: I'm just like, what? And everybody thinks the same thing. Everyone's like, oh, what is it? Like your four year anniversary? I'm like, guys, I've only lived here for three years.
0: Yeah, I have people be like. Yeah. It feels longer than when it is. Oh my
1: God. People be like, when are y'all tying the knot? And I'm like, I just met her yesterday. Everyone calm down. Child.
0: That's why I'm yeah. like trying to like go slow when it comes to like going back out and dating yeah, guys yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, I know that like what I've been praying for, or what I've been asking for is gonna hit me mm-hmm. so quick. And I'm gonna be like, Are you ready? Cause like this is what you said you wanted. But you know, like don't be afraid to lean into. This individual who's right. showing you what you want—it may not come in the, you know, like in the package or all those things that you right. had envisioned, but like it's still real. You know, i saying it's still in front of you. You are gonna take this blessing? You are gonna pass up on this blessing? And that's the fear, you know, sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's funny, too, because it's, dating in New York is hard, especially Shit in New York. Tragic. Shit it's is like, tragic. <laughs> it's like, I feel, when I, I was only, before I, like, I got with her, I was just like, I just feel like it was very trial and error. It was very Russian roulette every time. I'm like I'm like, maybe this person, maybe this person. Maybe not this person. So <laughs> Shit is this yeah, like, it was like, oh, I'm about to move. To, it's like, like crapping Oregon. out every
0: time you go to the fucking. You know, like the like the table. And you you no. like I, I'm ready. Yes. You know, what I'm saying I, like, I know well, I got lucky hand this time and this life. I'm like, like, this
1: is it. This is it. And I be like, not. oh, seven? <laughs> no seven. Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> no seven. But just to um switch switch gears, I okay. just wanted to um ask you what is. Something that you wish someone knew about you that a lot of people don't typically
1: know about you. Um, remember that whole thing about like my grandmother saying you like care too much about mm-hmm. what other people think about you? I, um, even though like I come off as this very like free spirited, like IDGAF sort of like personality, mm-hmm. um. Sometimes, like, I can, like, get, like, because I have social anxiety, like, if I don't, like, if I don't, like, have, like, a glass of wine or something. That's why I had to g- drink a glass of wine before I, like, did this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so um, a lot of the things that people don't know about me is that even though, like, I'm, like, free spirit, I'm, like, I'm going to do my thing, but there there's certain elements about me that, like, I do care what people think. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, one of those things where I'm just, like, but more so on a scale of just, like, do people, like, really, like, respect me as an artist, like, because I don't hold a camera, I don't have 10K on, like, Instagram, or it's just, like, um, are people, like, judging me because I'm, like, you know, like, very, like, sexually fluid? Like, there's, like, certain things that, like, right. I can sometimes subconsciously, subconsciously, excuse me, um, think about, and then I have to like have like other, so it's like two people on my head, it's like overtly anxious Amanda, and then like ser- serene Amanda, like, but the overtly, like, anxious one is always like da, 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 like having mm-hmm. like a meltdown but i guess that's the whole gemini in me so i have someone <laughs> o- <laughs> i have someone over here being like you need to fix you need to watch what you do and watch what you say and look at who you trust and everybody's not on your side and right. i had a, another girl over here like bitch be cool right. so it's just like um i feel like a lot of i feel like um i don't know maybe some people can't read me but for the most part i i tend to just be like oh you know, like. <laughs> I'm so free and I'm such a butterfly, but there are seldom times that I can be at home and I will think too much about, about what yeah. other people are thinking about me. But then like Serena, Manna, which is low key, my grandma is like, yo, chill. Like, yeah.
0: How do you quiet that noise? You know, the, the anxiety.
1: I have a book actually called coping with anxiety that I got from the NYU bookstore. Okay. And um, that is my jam. Um, it tells me like how much of like caffeine intake I should have a day in terms of exercise in terms of like, there's like this, like, um, there's like this uh, muscle, like, um, this muscle retraction sort of like exercises you do Mm -hmm. where like you like tighten the muscles for like, like I think 30 seconds and then release like, Mm -hmm. and it's like every part of the body. So sometimes I do that. And um, I also, um, for a long time, I was using this meditation app called Headspace. Mm. And they actually have, like, a lot of, like, SOS situations. Like, sometimes they had stuff like creativity and visualization and, like, depression. I use the depression one a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... They had a lot of SOS ones, like, if you're, like, freaking out about something, like, oh, everyone's thinking that I'm terrible, blah, but, like, they had one that's basically, it's basically, like, yo, relax. Right. And it was, like, a quick, like, three-minute meditation, Mm -hmm. and, like, it really helps, so, and I know also something, some, like, methods, um methods, and, like, practices that I learned while meditating is being able to, like, distinguish a thought from a feeling and being able to be mm. like this is not actually who I am this mm. is actually not happening after you address it go back to your center and be like all right mm. so yeah so I uh, so that helps me a lot for I could be like freaking out like oh what if people were thinking this this is that and then I'll be like yo this is just a thought yeah it's not defining what's actually happening chill and I'll go back to doing what I was doing. So yeah, I talk um it's like it's like the two parts of the Gemini are talking at each other yeah. like a lot of times when I'm anxious. I'm just like everyone calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like everyone. And you do out.
0: also practice of course self-care as well just to stay centered to whatever you you, your self care regimen. Oh, is. I can
1: take a bath for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like um, every time like I find like a different like beauty brand with like who has like a bath soak or like yes. some bath salt, I'm like yes, yes, give it here. How much? Seventy dollars? No, not that much. But it, <laughs> it just never matters. I'm like I need it all, and then I'll like get lost in the tub. I like just
0: kind of. everybody's
1: like you all right? <laughs> you just yeah. gotta find
0: your zen, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whatever that may be, whatever self care means to you. But yeah, I think that's important too because I have anxiety. I have more so, I worry a lot, which I guess is anxiety. But I'll be worrying about things. It's like I used to have a, a a guy friend. that used to tell me he was like, "You worried about the wrong things," and he used to always say that to me. And it started making me tell myself like, "Girl, you worrying about the wrong fucking. It's not that deep." Like Word. I had to start keep telling myself that to be like, it's really not that deep. I still have moments where I overthink. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm very indecisive. Mm-hmm. However, like you got woo Wusa girl, comment center. It's really not that deep Like Because you're not right. You're thinking more So of the outcome You're thinking more So of like This could It could be this or that But you have to be okay With whatever way The outcome is Whatever way it swings And be like Okay And you're still alive You're still here Exactly Life goes on I think it's those things We work ourselves up About those things So I'm still working on that too Girl girl I'll be feeling you there I'll be like Ooh
1: Right, and that took a lot for me to say, just because it's just, like, so many people, like, try to act all cool, like, they got their shit together. I'm just like, actually, there's a lot of people actually who don't have themselves all the way
0: together. I know. There are times where it's harder than others to wake up and get up and do what you do. Mm -hmm. Okay, we just going to get, like, to really just feel like, sometimes, like, I don't want to do it, not today, I just want to stay in the bed. You know, like, I just want to stay in the bed, but... It's kind of like we, we we have those moments because we're not perfect. We're all human beings. I don't think a lot of people vocalize it. So I appreciate you for even vo- vocalizing that because so many people try to make it seem like, oh, I got all my shit together. And it's like, no, nigga, you about to crack. If I, like, poke you like this, yeah. you about to fucking fall apart. Yeah. So it's okay to, like, express those things, get it out there. And then... Keep it pushing, right? That's
1: that's what defines you and makes you who you are. Word. I think social media also has a lot to do with that. Like people, like kind of like trying to like compare, be comparative. I'm just saying, you have absolutely no idea like what people go through. Like I like walked into like the bar one time, everybody was like, "Yo, your magazine's lit, da da da, you killing it?" And I'm just like, I still don't have money (laughs) for rent, so I'm not. But in my head, I'm just like. I really don't even want this attention. I'm trying to chill. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just, it's like the same thing. Like everybody, like there's like certain people who I idolize on social media, but at the same time, I kind of have to be like, yo, you have absolutely no idea like what it took them right. to even get to that point. So kind of yeah. like, have to use them as inspiration.
0: Yeah. And you just have to understand that use them as inspiration for sure, but also understand that like it's a difference between having notoriety, you know, oh, this person doing all these things and then being like, What's your living situation looking like? What's your bank account looking like? What's your... You know what I'm saying? What? Like, look, what are all these things looking like? Because, you know, everything comes at a sacrifice, right? Uh-huh. And, and yeah, like, people might get something for free and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, okay... How is that helping with your other goals, right? Like, what is what do you value more? Do you value more of the attention or the free things and the notoriety? Do you value, like, your wealth, you know, being able to leave a legacy for your family, being able to leave your gift? So it really, like, starts to, your perspective starts to, like, change once you realize, like, what is it that you want for you? You know what I'm saying? Because some of the people that do a lot, some of the people who are, shit. Got more than ten k, ten million in their bank account, but like that, like they ain't got ten k followers. They be having 390, man, what? Like they be having twenty five followers, and it's like it's not that deep. So, it really just depends on your perspective and stuff like that. So, I I, I do, t- to your point, too, when you say comparison, sometimes it is hard. And I even said this. I was telling my friend the other day. I was like, yeah, I be on my phone way too much. It takes up way too much of my energy of the day. Yeah. Like, I've probably been on Instagram at least four fucking hours. And I that shit up a day. <laughs> how? You know what I'm saying? Like, how? That's four hours I could have been putting into something else. But my, my last question okay. to you that I wanted to ask is what matters to you the most that is always with you?
1: Um, reassurance that like my relentless will and everything that i've like accomplished so far will never be able to be taken away from me Mm. and despite like me not getting like a job or getting booked for a gig or like me not being able to book this model or this photographer because i don't have like a certain amount of following like on like my social accounts like that will never take away my drive that will like that doesn't dictate my like me as an artist because i think i'm a damn good artist like not to like you know send myself flowers or anything but i just feel like i've came it. i i've come so far um Mm -hmm. with like where i thought i was going to be three years ago and I just sometimes feel like who I am is a hidden gem. And, like, no external factors can, like, change that mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. me. So that's something that I always have to keep with me. Like, despite all of the things that you go through or the L's that you had to take, like, you still got this. You're holding on to this. Right. Because, like, even when... um I lost my uh my gig with that one uh company right before Amazon. I remember telling my mother about it, and she was just like, "It's fucked up. I'm sorry to hear that." And then I was just like, "Yeah, word." And then she went and she literally was just like, "I'm not worried." She was like, "You always figure it out." And I was like, "Wow, that is the most reassuring thing anyone could have ever said to me." My own mother, who is like, also, I, I'm, I feel like that like that shit is real in terms of like you like like in terms of like you getting like some sort of like personality traits from, like from like yeah you're like family my mother is like very anxious so i'm like if she's anxious and she'll say some things to be anxious i'm like no we can't both be anxious but that was the first time she was just like all right well i'm not worried and it
0: made you calm yes mm-hmm. and i was
1: like so like re like it's just like um it's the the whole idea of just like the drive is kind of like communicated to me through different ways. I feel like God finds different angels and sends them to me to kind of reassure like you got this. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just feel And like-
0: he's washed you oh, washed over you this far. Yeah, I know. And- you know, I know on days where you like I don't know
1: I know and then it's like it's so many highs and lows throughout the day like even today I'm just like okay I got these samples boom and then I get another email saying like model canceled I'm like ah and then within three hours oh but we're replacing your model and I'm like cool so it's right. just like this fluctuation I'm like yo can we can we just stay like right here <laughs> like right. can we just plateau for a second so yeah
0: It's never going to be like that. Not for a creative creative like you. I
1: know.
0: You got the idea. You got the juices. And so it's always going to be, it's going to be the highs and the lows. But, like, God has something big in store for you. So you got, you know, he wants to make sure you prepare for it. So you go through those, like, ups and downs. Because then when it's mooseyling, you're like, oh, I've been through. (laughs) Trust me. I've been through the whole model. Okay. So this is not, you know, this is like. Peons, this is nothing to me like, I've been there, I've done that.
1: Yeah.
0: He's preparing you for your destination, honey.
1: I'm just like, when is it coming? Right? Right.
0: The journey feels longer than when you reach the destination.
1: Definitely.
0: That's why I feel like I'm forever journeying. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like you think that you're done. you reach a destination and you're like, shit, now I'm on a whole nother journey. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even a destination, that was a pit stop.
1: Word because that's how I was like, Oh, style, like blah, blah blah. Like, i like, got to like essence.com twice. I'm excited, and I was just like, No, I don't even want to do this. I want to have my own shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what?
0: Like, what? what are yeah, are evolving so. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining. I'm so happy you were able to share a story and just talk about like being a freelancer here, being a creative, being into fashion, being passionate about your work. Mm -hmm. Dealing with, you know, levels of anxiety or dealing with loss in the midst of Still trying to execute on your ideas and just overcoming your fears and still pursuing your passion and what makes you happy. I think that you know these are stories that need to be told. I think your story needs to be told again. I was kicking myself. And I was like, man, managed to have been on my first
1: no, first season, but this is but time is of the essence, honey. Yeah, and I, and I like, was this is like, good. you know, this is I'm good. so glad
0: I was able to close off season two with you and to be able to highlight you as well as your um your issue and your own magazine that you're working on. Everyone, please support. Luxie House, you can follow them on Instagram. I'll mm-hmm. plug it out here. You plug, plug, plug? Shameless plug. You shame, shame plug?
1: It's a uh, Luxie House. That's L-U-X-Y-H-A-U-S. Like I'm German. Um that's on all accounts too. And then like I'm currently selling like the oh, I don't know when this is going
0: out. But <laughs> tomorrow.
1: Oh, it'll be Oh, I'm doing, like, free shipping on my magazine until, like, end of day. Because I'm trying to meet a sales quota. Mm-hmm. But um, if it goes out tomorrow, it doesn't even matter. But I'll probably do another promo later. But still, go check out issue two on, at LuxyHouse.com, Spelled the exact same way.
0: Yes. More. And are you doing any... Um, I know you did a few projects with uh, Mark. Uh-huh.
1: Are you doing more? Are there more, like,
0: up-and-coming things that are coming out that people should be on the lookout for? Y- oh, I can't tell. Never mind. Never mind. That's T. That's T, yeah. y'all. We can't get into it. an up I feel like I'm still in tea. I feel like I'm still in tea. But, um, thank you so much for being on this show. I yeah, really definitely. appreciate it. Uh, I usually like to close off the episode with a quote based off of my guest's fear that I hope carries everyone who's listening, um, over into the weekend and just continues to keep your mind, uh, your mind going when it comes to your dreams and your aspirations and what sets your soul on fire. Executing a well-thought-out action plan is the difference between a vision and a daydream. Mm. Again, executing a well-thought-out action plan is the difference between a vision and a daydream. JSP, if I had the full name, I would let y'all know who the quote is from. But hopefully that gives y'all some perspective as you're thinking about some ideas that you want to start. Just do it. It's springtime. It's time to spring back into you, new beginnings new season. (laughs) But with that being said, um, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. For those who have been listening since the first episode and every episode, I'm so grateful um, to just, be in your ears as in like being able to speak through the microphone to you guys and allowing my guests to share their stories. We have to tell our own stories. Nobody's going to tell it for us. So I hope you guys will stay, continue locked into the fearless Kia podcast. I hope to have fearless Kia chats coming out within the upcoming weeks. And then of course, season three uh planning on it to release in the near future, I don't want to st- lock myself into a specific mom, but it will come. I have some guests in mind that I want to reach out to. So thank you guys so much. Um, If you want to reach out to me, of course, just slide in a DM and contact me. Uh, but without that, um, without further ado, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy this hot weather while we have it. It's your girl, fearless Kia. I'm wishing you nothing but love, light, and many a blessings. And we out.